Hello everyone and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to this podcast. Today I have another, it's a bit of a short one, but I have another new car to talk to you about, and it's one that... We never, if you ask me, we never see new versions of this car all that often. At the very least, they're not talked about in the news all that often. So when Car Scoops decided to write an article, when Brad Anderson, one of the writers at Car Scoops, decided to write an article about this car, I was like, well, that's a little bit strange. There must be something to it then, if they've decided to write an article about it. And I am, of course, talking about a new track car, which is quite nice. I imagine quite a few of us are track rats here at this podcast. Maybe some of you are, maybe some of you aren't. But in any case, this one, again, a new version of this car comes around, if you ask me, about as often as new big boy Lamborghinis do. So this was definitely worth a look. I'm, of course, talking about the new Radical SR3XX, and it arrives with Suzuki power for hardcore track enthusiasts. This is the latest iteration of the ever-popular and ever-fast Radical SR3, fittingly dubbed the SR3XX and featuring a host of updates and improvements over previous models and other variants. Radical is particularly proud of the fact that the SR3XX utilizes an all-new electrical architecture developed with partner AIM Technologies. This architecture includes solid-state power management and data collection systems and does away with much of the wiring required of other Radical models. Not only does the save weight exactly what you want in a track model, but the new system is said to process electrical data, diagnosis and diagnostics, and telemetry much quicker. As for the powertrain, Radical offers the track-focused car with a choice between a Suzuki Source 1.3-liter engine or a 1.5-liter four-cylinder engine. The 1.3-liter is also a four-cylinder, both of which are coupled to a six-speed sequential transmission with paddle shifters and a Quaifi, or Quaifi, I'm not sure how to say it, limited slip differential. The entry-level 1.3-liter engine is good for 195 horsepower and rocks the car to 60 miles per hour in 3.3 seconds and up to a top speed of 141 miles per hour or 227 kilometers per hour. The 1.5-liter model is rated at 226 horsepower and hits 0 to 60 in 3.1 seconds. Not much faster, but when you have rear-wheel drive, you're only going to get that much faster with more with more horsepower. Look at the, you know, C7 Z06 Corvette compared to the C7 ZR1. You can only go oh so much faster once you start adding a lot more power with a rear-wheel drive with a rear-wheel drive platform. Well, not platform, but drivetrain. But the 1.5-liter model will also go up to a 147 miles per hour top speed or it'll reach 236.5 kilometers per hour one key reason why the sr3xx will be so capable on the track comes down to its suspension found at all four corners is a fully adjustable nick link suspension system with front and rear unequal length top and bottom wishbones front and rear adjustable push rods interchangeable roll bars and the option of bespoke in tracks fully adjustable dampers Braking is provided by four-piston front and rear calipers and 280mm discs. The interior is very bare and, well, you know, no duh, it's a track car, and consists of not much more than a race-inspired steering wheel with a digital display and a simple center stack with buttons for the ECU, data, and lighting. A plethora of options are available. These include a spin-safe clutch system, carbon fiber front dive planes, or uh, what is it, canards as I like to call them, an air jack system, FIA certified fuel cell, tire pressure monitoring system. There's a typo. It says type pressure monitoring system, which is quite weird. Tire temperature monitoring system, ride height sensors, and more. That is all the technical specs out of the way. Let's get on to the looks. So obviously, this still looks 
like a normal rat. Well, I say a normal radical. Radical doesn't look normal, but it still looks very typical radical. It doesn't stray that far away from how radicals have looked before, save for the lighting. In a similar way how bike fairings don't really change, they never really evolve. Most of them look pretty darn similar, pretty much the same. The radical, the radical body on the new SR3XX looks very typical radical. It hasn't really changed that much again, save for the lighting, which is much more modern. Where, if I remember correctly, you know, old radicals, it was like three, three little circular lights and that's it. This new radical has, it sort of looks like it has DRLs and then one massive light. And then even if we go around to the back in the photos here, I don't remember how old radicals look. I guess it was a kind of a similar ordeal where it was just an assortment of multiple uh, circular lights. This one has a single LED strip for the tail lights. A little bit more modern, quite simplistic. Uh, but it's also but the tail lights split two vents, a smaller vent near the top of the body and then a bigger vent near the bottom. So I quite like it actually. It gives the rear end doesn't have much of a face but the design is nice and simple i like it and obviously it should be simple so that it can keep the weight down but the rest of the body moving on to the rest of the body it's typical radical and i quite like that because i don't dislike radicals what's interesting to me is that it has a big kind of rt viper rt10-esque roll bar structure except it's actually useful and it's actually braced with proper beams that hold it up so it seems like it, it's actually useful but inside of that there's also a very aerial atom-esque air box which is very, which is a little interesting to me. I don't remember radicals having that frequently, although they probably didn't. I just never knew. But this does look like, given that it's radicals, you know, this is a, stating the obvious, but it does look like a very serious piece of machinery for track days and certainly a good, from a lighting standpoint, modernization of older radicals. And then even from a technical perspective of getting rid of a lot of wires and making it more electronic base as far as data as far as data collection and that sort of thing this is a proper update to a radical this is a good update and way to bring the sr3 into the modern era good job radical and actually before we go let's talk about the interior it's bare like this there's, there's just a lot of buttons which is as you'd expect what's something i find interesting is that they have a very f1 style screen in the middle of the steering wheel the steering wheel looks quite tall but they have a screen in the middle of the steering wheel now i would think that you wouldn't want to have a screen like that in the steering wheel because the steering wheel moves and it turns and so you're not always going to be able to see all the information that you'd want to see, that you need to see, whether that be RPM, whether that be gear, whether that be whatever other information you can put on that screen, you're not going to be able to see all the time because the steering wheel turns, so it's not going to, it's going to be upside down occasionally. So sort of like how people, when it comes to, well, sort of like how journalists, when it comes to performance cars, want column-mounted paddles rather than steering wheel mounted paddles because those paddles move i would feel that a similar logic would apply here you would want a dash mounted a dash mounted cluster rather than a steering mounted cluster but maybe maybe it works quite well maybe it works quite well for the sr3xx who knows but anyway i think this is a proper it's a proper update to a radical it's not just a oh we're you know we're gonna add different lighting and then have this really cool paint scheme for press images and that's about it no this modernizes the car, even if just a little bit, this does modernize it that little bit more. The only thing I have to wonder now is how expensive is it? I would imagine somewhere upwards of $60,000, probably into the six figures. But you're going to, if you're a good driver, you'll more likely than not beat everything else at the track. So that's probably worth it. 
But anyway, that is going to be it for this episode. I told you guys it was a short one. If you enjoyed it, and I hope you did, then please like the episode, share the episode, and follow the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, then please like the episode, share the episode. What is it? Like the episode, share the episode, comment below. And if you would consider subscribing, well, I thank you. And if you do subscribe, please hit the little notification bell, and then all notifications. That way you'll be notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road but don't have or want the Podbean mobile app, no problem. Just boot up wherever you get your podcast before you set off. Time to Cody's Car Conundrum and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I'll see you all next time. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.